All right, I want you to turn to uh, Acts chapter 1, and we will go through uh, several scriptures in the book of Acts that we'll actually just turn to them because they'll all be in the book of Acts, although I'll use other scriptures. By the way, in two weeks, I will begin a series that I actually preached in 2003. So it's been eight years, and I'm re-preaching this series, but I felt so strongly and had several prophetic confirmations I was to preach this series, and that is called Dream to Destiny. And so, some of you may have heard it on CD. Uh, I will restudy. God will speak new revelation. But I believe every person has a dream from God, and every person has a destiny from God. But most people live with the dream instead of in the destiny. And there are ten character issues that will stop you from fulfilling your destiny that we're going to go through looking at the life of Joseph. So, if you also, there's a book in the bookstore on it. If you want to get that and start reading ahead, you can. All right, we are talking about 2020, God's vision for my life, and this week is empowered. And we're going to read our vision statement again, all the campuses, loudly and enthusiastically again. All right, so everyone ready? We'll put the vision statement up. Let's go. Ready? To see Good. You did wonderful. Wonderful. You get a 1% discount on your tithe this week. You did absolutely. Well, actually, I can't do that because the tithe belongs to the Lord, but you did great. All right? We're talking this week about being empowered. I want to see every person empowered and serving in the gift God has for him or her. I, most of the time, uh, when the pastors that are on our staff talk to other churches and other pastors about Gateway or about me or my leadership, I hear them say one of the greatest things about Robert is he is the most empowering leader that we've ever worked with. And uh, it's very simple why I am an empowering leader. I want to empower everyone. I, I want everyone uh, empowered. I think that's the best for the kingdom. I believe in team ministry so strongly. But I'm just going to let you in on uh, a little secret. God uses our weaknesses, and He takes our weaknesses and turns them into strengths. One of my weaknesses has been that I knew that I was not very smart or very gifted or very talented. So, I have known for years that for us to build a church that would affect the world, the best thing I could do is gather people of character around me who are smarter and more gifted than I am and empower them to do what God's called them to do. So, that is a joy for me to see you empowered. But I want to talk to you about how you can be empowered. And I believe that the Lord has shown me a, a, a um, secret, really a secret in Scripture that reveals how we can be empowered, all right? So, we'll get to Acts 1 in just a moment. But here's point number one. If you want to be empowered, number one, receive Jesus. There is no power apart from Jesus. All power and all authority has been given to Him. All authority, all power has been given to Jesus. But I want to show you a Scripture, and I'm actually going to read it to you out of the old King James because I like the way it words it the best. 
John 1 verse 12 says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power, we're talking about being empowered, to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name. In other words, to those that receive Jesus, they are empowered to become children of God, empowered. So, receive Jesus. We have to receive Jesus. But I want you to think about it. How do you receive? I mean, I thought about this this week over and over and over again, okay? Uh, how do we receive? And here's what I kept thinking. You just receive. And I thought, well, that's probably not going to help people much. So, how do you receive? Okay, think about this. Jesus is the Savior of the world. But he's not your savior until you receive him. And when you receive him, you release him to be all that God intended him to be in your life. When you receive him as the son of God, the Messiah, the Lord and savior of the whole world, then he becomes the son of God, the Messiah, the Lord and savior to you. But until you receive him, He has all the power, but none of it is available to you. To those who receive him, to them, he gives power to become something God. Now, this this principle, by the way, works in in more areas than just salvation. Think about this. If, If you, until you receive your spouse as a gift from God to you, you don't release your spouse to be all that God intended him or her to be in your life. As long as you keep them at a distance, you keep them in essence in bondage to being what God intended them to be. This is a principle. When you receive your job as a gift from God to you, no matter how difficult it is, when you receive your boss as God's gift to you, and it may be that that is the type of gift you need right now, then you release that person to be God's instrument in your life. So we have to receive Jesus. Let me say it again. Jesus has all power, but we don't receive that empowering until we receive. So how do you receive though? How do you actually receive? This week, I just kept praying and praying, God, help me, help me to catch this and explain this so that we could do it. And here's what the Lord showed me. The opposite of receive is give. When you give, you exert your will. When you receive, you submit your will. Let me say it another way. When you give, you're in control. You choose what you're going to give, when you're going to give it, where you're going to give it, how you're going to give it, and to whom you're going to give it to, right? But when we receive, we don't have anything to say about it. And it is difficult for many of us to receive. It's easier easier for us to give. Now, listen, don't don't be offended because I, I, I experience this as well, but is it because that when we give, we're in control. Yet when we receive, we have to give up control. So in other words, if someone comes to us and says, uh, I, I want to give you something. And many of us sometimes will say, oh, no, 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 it's not necessary. 
No, 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 please. No, 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 no. And they say, no, no, really, God put, no, please, let, please let me do this for you. Have you, have you ever had a conversation like that? Please let me give this to you. And so here's what, here's what we do. We say, okay, I'll receive it. Listen, there's a submitting of our will. So listen to me carefully. The reason that many people believe with their minds in Jesus but aren't saved is because they won't receive Him. They won't submit their wills to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And in order to receive Him, you receive Him and you don't have any control over it. You don't have any control at that point. You say, okay, I give you, I, I receive you. From now on, you're Lord. Uh, one of our pastors on staff, Pastor Tommy Briggs, used to be a pastor of a smaller church. Every now and then members would bring him, you know, um, things at a smaller church like that, uh, you know, food to eat or something. And um, so this lady, uh, an elderly lady in the church, brought him a cake one week. And she was really a good cook. And, they, and uh, he and his wife, Nancy, they were excited. And they took the cake home and sliced it, took one bite and realized, because she was getting a little advanced in years, that she, instead of putting two cups of sugar in the cake, she put two cups of salt in the cake. And I mean, just one bite, you know, and they knew it. And um, it was horrible. There was no way to eat anymore. And so they had just had to throw the cake away. Well, then as the week went on, he began to think about what he was going to say when she asked him the next week how he liked the cake. And so the Scripture came to his mind that just the Lord will give you the answer, you know, when you need it. So he said, Lord, you're just going to have to help me. So she came up and she said, Pastor Tommy, how did you like that cake that I baked for you last week? And he said, well, let me tell you something. Cake that tastes like that doesn't last long around our house. Here. Here's the point. When you receive, you have no control over the gift. You never know what you're going to get. Now, obviously, with Jesus, we get something good. But please hear me. Those, when you receive Jesus, you're empowered. But many people won't receive because, listen, receiving is submitting your will. So, have you received Jesus? Have you submitted your will to Him? Here's point number two. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, look in Acts chapter 1. Let's read just a few verses. We're going to flip to them, all right? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power. Now, we're talking about being empowered. And I'm telling you the key to being empowered is receiving you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I want you to notice, please listen carefully. Many people have a difficulty witnessing because they haven't received power. Because when you receive power, then you're witnesses. That's Acts 1.8. Now, flip over a few pages to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, by the way, he, Jesus was talking to believers. He was talking to disciples saying, you're going to need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in a few days. All right, Acts chapter 8, look at verse 14. 
Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, in other words, they received the gospel or they received Jesus, they sent Peter and John to them who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. These are people who've already received Jesus, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They've been saved and water baptized. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, go over to Acts chapter 19. I just want you to notice again, those were believers. But they still needed to receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, submit their wills to the Holy Spirit. All right, look at Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Uh, And I think these guys actually grew up in the church I grew up in because they said, we've not even heard there was a Holy Spirit. I really don't mean that negatively, but I really believe that Satan has done everything he can, and he has started a smear campaign against the one who empowers you to live this life. And I, so we didn't hear hardly anything about the Holy Spirit in the church I used to attend. And that that is a shame. And yet, I want to ask you a scriptural question. Scriptural. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, or when you received Jesus. See, we need to, in the same way, receive the Holy Spirit. We need to submit our wills to the Lordship of the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to call the shots in our lives. This is one of the reasons. Now, listen to me carefully because I'm going to talk about something controversial, but listen. This is one of the reasons that I believe that tongues or speaking in tongues or praying in a prayer language has been so controversial. Because in order to pray in a prayer language, you have to submit your will to the Holy Spirit. And let me blow away the myth. If you're not, when you pray in a prayer language, it is not something that is uncontrollable. If you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be in the checkout line at Tom Thumb and grab the microphone and start speaking in tongues uncontrollably. It's not going to happen. It is a submission of our will to the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's why there's been so much controversy about that one particular gift. And I actually believe that that's why that, that we got a phrase that doctrinally I do not agree with, and we don't have it in our doctrinal statement, but there's a phrase that some churches put in their doctrinal statement that says receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. I don't, I don't believe that that's a, a, a valid doctrinal statement, and I, if you do, please don't get upset or angry. Let's, let's uh, major on the majors, all right? Well, and that is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and that all the gifts are valid. But listen to me, I believe that when you study Pentecostalism around the turn of the century, that some well-intentioned, wonderful people begin to say that because they realized that people were not receiving the Holy Spirit because they were not submitting their wills to the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's where that phrase came from, that there has to be. So, even if you say, well, yeah, I believe in the Holy Spirit, I understand. Have you submitted your will? Have you said, Holy Spirit, I will move in any gift that you have for me that will edify me and build me up and strengthen me and edify the body of Christ? 
We've got to come in place. I remember one time being with a, a friend of mine, and he was about to speak. And we were kneeling, we were on our knees in an office praying, and he was about to speak. And I prayed, and he prayed, and then all of a sudden, he started praying in a prayer language. And I do not mean this disrespectfully at all. I asked the Holy Spirit about me sharing this illustration, and I really, this event, this story, to illustrate this truth. And uh, I really feel the Holy Spirit allow, is allowing me to do this. But when he started praying in prayer language, um, it was the worst I've ever heard. Now, here's what I mean by that. I've heard uh, many people pray in prayer language, and it, it just, it's a flow, you know? And he was just, ba-ba, ka-da, boonga, ba-ta, ba. Yeah, it's just, and I remember, I don't mean this wrong uh, toward the Holy Spirit, but toward, I remember almost laughing, thinking, he's not very good at this. But then I was overwhelmed because he turned to me in a moment and said, I know I'm not very good at that, but I believe that every time before I get up and speak, I should submit my tongue to the Holy Spirit. And I'll never forget the sincerity that he wanted to be submissive to something he was simply learning about in Scripture. So, receive Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, many, many people here have done those two. Obviously, we need to continue to receive Jesus as our Lord, not to be saved, but to be empowered. We need to continue to receive the Holy Spirit, not to be saved or even filled with Him, but to be submissive and to be empowered. Here's number three, though receive spiritual authority. This is where most believers miss it. And can I tell you, I've been in 60-something countries now, the country that has the most difficulty with submission to church government and spiritual authority is America. We actually declared our independence. Now, I agree with the Declaration of Independence. I, I love America. But I think it's gone a little far in America that we don't want to submit to anyone. And the problem is because we don't, we are not under spiritual authority. And listen to me carefully. If you're not under authority, you don't have authority. You have none. And I could go through a six-week series on spiritual authority. But let me show you just a couple of verses and one particular here in Acts. Acts chapter 13. So, if you flip back just a few pages. Acts chapter 13. This is one of the best truths I've ever seen in Scripture. Acts 13, verse 2. As they, now they is referring to the leaders of the church at Antioch, and it lists those leaders in verse 1. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now, now, notice the word now, because Saul and Barnabas had been members of the church for 13 years. Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul, and obviously Saul is Paul, for the work to which I've called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they, referring to the leaders of the church, sent them away. Verse 4, look at just the first part. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit. I want you to just, let me just say it again. They, the leaders, sent them out 
So, because, since, so, being sent by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to make a very bold statement here, and I can back it up with a lot of Scripture. If you haven't been sent by the local church leadership, you haven't been sent by the Holy Spirit. The way to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit is to be under the covering of local church leadership. And saying that you are submissive to some friends that agree with you is not being under spiritual authority. Try to find a group of people that agree and say, well, I'm accountable to them. No, be accountable to authority, and here's the test as to whether you're accountable to authority. Let them tell you to do something that you don't want to do. And now we'll know whether you're submissive or not. And I'm not talking about something that's uh, unscriptural, illegal, or immoral. But if it is scriptural, you have no reason to rebel. None. Let me read you a few other scriptures here, and we'll just, just stay there because we're going to go back to Acts 19 in just a minute. Let me read you a few other scriptures. You know what? Um, I'll just try to remember that because I've got to give you an illustration about it, so I'll do it right here. Uh, all right. Thanks. Romans 13. Let me just read them to you. Romans 13, verse 1. Let every soul… Are you a soul? Okay. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Now, this is not just government, quote-unquote. This is in every sphere of life. There are governing authorities, including the church. For there is no authority except from God. There's no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves." Let let, let me uh, say this. Policemen are authorities of God. And police are for our good. As long as you're under the law, and that's what Romans 13 goes on to say, you'll have no fear of authority as long as you do what's right. Uh, Police, matter of fact, on many police cars, you'll see their, their motto, to protect and serve. That's what authority does. It is for our protection not to control us, and to serve us, actually. It's the same with church authority. But the reason that even a police officer has authority is because he's under authority. He's not representing himself. He's representing the city of South Lake or the city of North Richmond Hills or the city of Frisco or the state of Texas. And, And by the way, that's where the authority comes from. Listen to me. Go stand out here on the highway and hold your hand up and try to stop an 18 wheeler without a badge on. It's the badge that brings the authority. Please understand, you're in a battle. And let me tell you someone who does understand authority, Satan does. And you can stand up and yell at him all day. He will not back off if you're not under the authority of the Jesus and of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And that means being under the authority of a local church. And can I say something right now about this? Many of you need to become members. You've been attenders for a long time. We don't publish our membership. We don't, it's not numbers. It's not a numbers thing. That is not it. I want you under the authority of the local church so you're protected and served by the church and by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It is for your benefit. It's for your benefit. Let me read you another scripture. And, and I almost went to another version 
But this is the best translation from the Greek, all right, in New King James. Hebrews 13, 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch over your souls as those who must give an account. Now, go to Acts 19. And again, I told you, it is important to be under authority because demons understand authority. They know whether you're under authority or not. You remember when you turn to Acts 19 there, do you remember the Roman centurion came up and said to Jesus, would you come heal my servant? Jesus said, I'll come. And the centurion, this is a Roman now, not a believer, not a Jew, didn't know the ways of God. He said, you know what, you don't need to come. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And this is what he said, for I too am a man under authority. I too, I also, in other words, he's saying, I know you're under authority, Jesus. I too am a man under authority. And I tell a servant, go and he goes, and I tell a servant, come and he comes. Just speak the word and he'll be healed. And, and Jesus said, I haven't found such great a faith in all of Israel. Now that's a pretty amazing statement. Now, please hear me. You want to be a person of great faith? Be under authority. That, that, that is where I, I know I have great spiritual authority in the kingdom of God. I know that. Let me tell you why I have great spiritual authority. Because I am under the elders of the church. And I started this church that way. I could have started with any church government I wanted. And with my gift, the church may have grown a little bit. I don't know. And with my understanding of God's Word. But the church has become such an incredible impact. And God has given me so much influence in the kingdom of God. But I have authority because I'm under authority. Now, uh, I'm going to read you. Now, let's, we're going to read a funny, and then we're finished. It's a funny scripture. There are a lot of funny scriptures in the Bible, and I don't know why people don't miss them. I think it's because they read late at night before they're dozing off. But um, I, then let me just show you what happens when you try to rebuke the enemy, and you're not under authority, all right? Uh, Acts 19, look at verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? <laughs> then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered, remember we're talking about being empowered, overpowered them and prevailed against them, so they fled out of that house naked and wounded. If you don't want to run around naked, get under authority. And you can say all day that I'm under authority. But the proof's in the pudding. The reason that we have 5,000 volunteers and another 1,500 that are in the process is because we have empowered them to do the work of the ministry. 
Do you know why we empower them? Because they are submissive. They are men and women of character. They are teachable. They are humble. They are transparent. And the moment that they stop, we will take the power back. Because the power is for good. It is to help people. It is to minister to people. It is to bless people. I want everyone in the church to be saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, and empowered. But you have to receive Jesus. Submit your will to Him. You have to receive the Holy Spirit. Submit your will. And you have to receive spiritual authority. Submit your will. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? And I want you to be honest. Are you a submissive person? How do you respond when you're corrected? All of us have had a problem at some point in our lives. All of us have. Have you submitted your will to Jesus? If you haven't, you can do it today. Have you submitted your will to the Holy Spirit? Many of you have come from backgrounds, traditional backgrounds, where the Holy Spirit was not talked about. My scriptural question for you is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And if not, you can do it today. No matter which campus you're attending, you can receive the Holy Spirit today. And are you submissive to the authority that God established in the church? Or you do, do you just kind of do your own thing with your group of friends? It's very important. It's very important. We want to pray for you. If you're going through a difficulty right now, we want to pray for you. If you need to receive Jesus, we want to help you. If you need to receive the Holy Spirit, we want to help you. So in just a moment, we're going to stand at all the campuses, South Lake, North Richmond Hills, Frisco, and we'll have leaders at the front. And if you need to give your life to the Lord or receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, or you need prayer for any area of your life, as soon as we stand up, you stand up and step out and come and let us pray for you. And if you're on the second level at South Lake, don't let that hinder you. If you need prayer, you come and let us pray for you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that has any prayer need in Jesus' name. Amen.